1: Do you feel something's missing in your life does what you're doing never seem to be enough are you exhausted from the rejection of striving or trying to gain control hawaiian kahuna harry uhane jim joins us today we're going to discuss the dangers of giving
0: up your power and the mindset that's killing your time energy and money
1: Welcome to The New Man. Today, we're talking with Harry Uhane Jim. He's a kahuna, healer, teacher, and author of Wise Secrets of Aloha. Harry, welcome to The New Man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. New Man. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So, what does it mean to be a kahuna? What what does that mean for the guy that's out there? He's not familiar with Hawaiian culture. Can you walk us through what it means to be a kahuna?
2: You know, a kahuna is kind of like a PhD or a medical doctor, depending on what the specialty is. It's not a word that's used in this culture nowadays as often. Many people refer to kahuna as kahu, K-A-H-U. Kahuna was actually outlawed in the state of Hawaii about the 1910. And the reason is uh, competition for medical forms, different kinds of forms. So that's all changed. Occasionally, you'll find someone of the Hawaiian culture using that word. That means they pass certain standards of achievement. That's what that that real um, experiences, and so I'm a Kahuna considered for the art of Lomi Lomi in healing. And that's basically body work, not just massage, body work in chiropractic treatment, um, spiritual work as well as physical ailments in the body. Okay, and, and that's so that's what I,
1: that means. And I think you're being a little modest here because when I when I when I read Wise Secrets of the Aloha, people are are having profound healings based on Lomi Lomi and this kind of body work, what kind of help do you offer with Lomi Lomi, this uh, type of body work that you do? What kind of healing are people experiencing?
2: Okay, okay, so Lomi Lomi is a really big word. Many people across the planet have taken that word and used in many ways to create different kinds of body work or massage. You'll see it all over different spas. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most popular kinds of treatment. But the kind I teach is basically to reduce and relieve density in your body. There are profound healings that can come from simple principles. What we do is we take the body, we put you on the table. Doesn't matter if you clothes are off, doesn't matter. But we simply allow you to breathe and expand and uh, your lung capacity. What happens from that is you actually feel enough. You actually feel complete. Um, so lobinally is a healing, different from a procedure or a treatment. He gives you the space to heal yourself. Does that, can you follow me there?
1: So it sounds like it's empowering. It helps people just kind of find a strength and a resolve this already within them instead of you putting it's it in them is that right
2: that. it really is about that one of the big um, things happening in our culture is we hear the statement we are leaving the age of entitlement and entering the age of self responsibility wow. Remember that
1: i talk to me about yeah. that what is that? we're leaving the age of entitlement so let's talk about what is it what does it mean when when we talk about people that that feel entitled what is that
2: that's the, kind of, that's the kind of deal where you are with your government or your, your society or people and say, okay, I'm going to give you my sense of power. I'm going to give it to you so you can use create for me a sense of safety in the future. Mm-hmm. You repeat that. I can give you, in return for your power, your sense of safety in the future. All I'm asking is commit to giving me your power. So that's how basic modern medicine works. We cooperatively build a system depending on what treatment you're able to provide. Lumen says no, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is let me give you uh, some tools to eliminate exhaustion. Just eliminate exhaustion and see if you really are sick. And so it real what what we does is takes your responsibility senses and say, OK, if I get all the reasons I need in the moment, I'm fine for this moment. I don't need to panic into needing more than what I have. I know that's a little abstract, but how'd you do that? Did you get that?
1: I think so. I think that I think you're describing what a lot of us are living in. When, I mean, after it's like basic survival needs, the rest of it's kind of fluffy and cushy but a lot of us are in a panic mode if we don't have that
2: once you get your survival needs the rest of it is that sense of um uh esteem self-worth self-value your sense of community that's the next thing on the list right usually
1: yeah and and if that gets threatened we we can tell ourselves it sounds like that's where the like this reptilian animal brain comes in and says Wait a second! You're going to die if you don't have this, uh, <laughs> these needs. But yeah, it's not really survival. Either,
2: yeah, it's, it's either you're going to die, you're going to feel less than enough. If we give you the freedom to think on your own. So what Lomi Lomi does, what a Hawaiian healing does, is that, okay, this is what's happening. There's two systems occurring. The first system is this opportunity to negotiate, to, to work through those things. And the other way is to simply take responsibility for navigating, that your self-value is valued on its own. Uh, you know, this getting a little abstract, so let me give you a real perfect example. Okay. You know, between the ages of 5 and 18, I spent my day on the shore at Wailua Beach every day swimming. Right? Okay. That was my babysitter. That was my education. That's where we got our food. So we're enough to face the ocean waves. We can surf, we can play, we can swim. We don't need anything outside of that experience. When I went to college, I lost that sense of enoughness because I wasn't in an environment that supported me, mm. that I could find the charters and understanding. I lost that because I had to work with people who didn't feel that they were enough either. So it's a matter of finding where your place of self-esteem is and not dependent on the financial system or the system outside of you to give you that. That's what really why Secrets of the Law empowers people who are teaching people how to, how to give massage or give that understanding of safety from within yourself as opposed to outside
1: it sounds like we fall under a spell we, we come into an environment where we forget that we've already got everything we basically need after survival stuff that we have basically got everything that we need but we fall under this spell that you know i need to be man enough or i need to be strong enough or i need to be successful enough i need to have be having this kind of sex and this money and this status Et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. And once we fall under that spell, we start to, we, we can't really enjoy what, we, what we've already got. We can't be grateful for what we already, already have. Is that what you're saying?
2: I am saying that. And I'm saying, let's look at what, um, what, that, what that spell is constructed of. In our culture, we've noticed that we can label that spell. And it's called cherished wounds.
1: Cherished wounds. Things that happen to us and we hold on to?
2: Things that we happen to us. And we hold on to because they become valuable to us because they're familiar. Mm. That our parents went through it and we're expected to go through it as well. And so it's those cherishing ones. We want to really keep that, that burn, that wound open so that we can maintain our connection with the former, the, the family we come from. So that's what makes that wound cherishable. And what that does is it robs us of our esteem. It really, 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 really does. So often people who are in college have found that to get past college, one of the big things you need is you need to have your parents both graduate from college. It's a lot harder to graduate from college if none of your parents have graduated. There's no reference point, right? So those are the kinds of experiences that trance you, literally trance you into believing that you're not enough because there's no evidence of you being enough before
1: all right so we we get these cherished wounds they keep us connected to the to our family and to the people that we're familiar with and those that we love or the environment or that are or, or you know our where we come from, but they're also the things yeah. that hold us back and they they they're, they just sound like they're stories that we tell ourselves. And they they warp our There's, view of reality. They
2: tell ourselves there are also patterns that repeat to ourselves. Chip, I know you know men who have married the same woman three times. Different women, of course, <laughs> but the same personality, right? Yeah. It's not just our parents; it's also those patterns that come out of being familiar and not willing to jump out of the comfort zone and into their own feelings, what they're actually feeling. Oh,
1: yeah. I like and I like that's this. What the, Okay, so yeah. it, it's it's what we're familiar with, even though it may it may not be very comfortable. It's what we're familiar with. It's what, and so that's what we'll hold on to. It instead of going into the unknown and going into what we are. I don't know. I say this is what what's the next step for us,
2: right? So, high culture has to offer you what we call clout. I want to say that real clear. Clout, K-L-O-U-T, C-L-O-U-T. and us for clout. Clout is honest presence. I mean, the only thing we can be really honest about. For sure, knowing inside what we're feeling. And if you keep connecting to how you're feeling, you're getting closer to closer to the best decision for yourself. That's how you navigate through the experience of life without deciding, right? That you've got to give up your sense of honesty to yourself. That's really a remarkable kind of idea if you think about it, is that your clout in your world is your ability to be honest with yourself, not anybody else outside of you.
1: Can you give me some ex- examples of that? Because I, I imagine, and for most of us in the culture, we're looking to the outside for our direction. We're looking to the outside for validation of what we should do, in quotes, right? So what does that mean yeah, okay, to kind of so be... Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, so let's pick up on a couple of sports. Now, you know when you play the sport of uh, tennis, you can imagine you'd get achieve a greater sense of clout or power if you would win the game, Right. Right. Well, when you surf, there's no winner. You just get out there in front of the wave and you face it and you accomplish it. Or you don't. And the reason why you couldn't accomplish it is because you weren't able to have enough of your presence. Because when you have enough of your presence, it's not a problem. It's not about outside competition that generates this. So that would be a perfect example of facing when you are in a place where... um, you have to do what someone else wants you to do, like buy a new car, right? Right. <laughs> you wouldn't realize that it wouldn't be smart to depend on somebody else playing out that role. You you really feel the pressure of the mortgage, and you really feel the pressure of the commitment that's beyond your ability to to find to find freedom from exhaustion, really. Yeah. And so then you would decide that my cloud says that I'm not able to do that. You see, what I'm trying to get you to understand is to re- to achieve this place of, of personal honest responsibility is to define that you're off-duty to everybody else's opinions. That's a real key, that when you come close to who you are talking about for yourself— you actually are much, much freer to move through life, much freer.
1: It sounds like you just get to unleash all this baggage of what you what you imagine the world is expecting of you, and then you just suddenly steer by your own rudder that this is where I'm going. These are the stars I'm following. This is what it's about for me. I don't have to carry along everyone else's expectations.
2: Yes, that's why the catchphrase we use is stop negotiating, start navigating.
1: oh yeah, I like that. I like that. So right? start navigating based you on your own goal. negotiating
2: guy. with everybody in the world and start navigating from what your feelings say it's most important to you. Okay. You know, every love song, love story, every movie I go to, the guy all of a sudden decides that about the last second to the last scene, he's going to get that girl. Right?
1: <laughs> uh huh.
2: That's what this is about. You're going to get what you want to get because you've decided that nobody gets to negotiate with
1: you. And so this is where it comes back around to I'm enough, because if I don't believe I'm enough, then I don't deserve what I want or I don't deserve. I I need to negotiate. I can't just go for what I want. I'm not enough. But if I if I am enough. Go ahead.
2: Well, this is a perfect example in our industry. Many people come to me who do body work, especially lonely, lonely, they say, you know, I give a treatment to a person and they leave. And the value of my enoughness is how much tip they leave. And I'm trying to express to them the only reason that's real is because that's what your boss told you. But if you turn that around and says, you know what, the value is I'm showing up. The rarest thing on this planet is for someone else to show up for someone and actually be with them. When you create that truth, you go back to old traditional Hawaiian culture and says, create the space, be honest with what's in front of you, and healing will occur. That's why this work drives to profound change. It's because it's a place of non-judgment, but someone standing up and says, you know what, I'm enough to just witness. I'm enough to witness.
1: I've got to be doing something. I've got to be providing value. I've got to be making yeah. stuff happen. Well, that's
2: what I'm saying. Yeah. Providing value when, when, you're, when you're enough is actually just totally showing up on us. Not mm-hmm. working towards it, but actually being there in the moment.
1: And that's where I sound, I imagine that's where it gets exhausting, is like I have to continue to do, right. do, do, and create, 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 instead of just relaxing into who I am and showing up from there.
2: Yeah, because what we got to realize is your sense of being enough is as a direct measure to your sense of being exhausted. Every time you're chasing enoughness, you're going to get exhausted. Every time you realize that everything you need is already present, there's no place of exhaustion. You know, I want to tell you something how Hawaiians feel about uh, this idea of enoughness. We believe we're enough because we're an act of divinity. That in the whole co- in the whole context, everything is enough. Everything it's already and every here. time you keep it's already there. If you, every time you keep reminding, being reminded from pressure from outside society that you don't have enough, that's real marketing. Mm. That's all that is, because it'll take away your power to use your now and put it into some kind of future. Yeah. We, we get it's easy in American culture to switch the adjective it becomes a, a duty. And that's what we got to really recognize. Those broken contracts that keeps the man in a duty that doesn't even really exist. That's really what causes I- exhaustion.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's a great, you know, for if I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this right now, I love what you said. Like to the degree that I'm exhausted is the is the degree to which. I'm trying, I'm chasing enoughness. I'm trying to prove that I'm enough or is that what you, is that right?
2: Oh, Tripp, it's so wonderful to talk to you. You got it. The degree (laughs) of how, really, the degree of how exhausted you are has a direct relationship to the degree of how far you have to chase enoughness.
1: Okay. And so if if he's in that place, what can we do to help him? What, What can he do in that moment? Say, wait a second, I'm exhausted. I'm tired of being here. So
2: yeah. what's the, well, I'm what, what, going to ask you Chip, just for a second to consider that the per, the understanding of that exhaustion, it, the other way of seeing it, it's called um, rejection fatigue.
1: Tired of being rejected, tired of not being enough. Is that constantly
2: right? Constantly rejected, mm-hmm. constantly rejected the male, the, the, the feminine in the, in the exhaustive state is control, 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 right? Okay. And the masculine in the exhaustive state is rejected from uh, rejection, rejection, rejection. Wow. Not good enough. They didn't do exactly what I need. Mean. So men, I, I counsel with come up and I just tell them, shriek, you're in rejection fatigue. And we start to break down what that feels like in their own life, mm. their own pattern, their own relationships. And all the time they follow, as soon as I find out I'm in fatigue, I found out that I was also not enough. So they just step back Look at what they really are fatigued from, and usually it's not breathing enough, not activity enough, and um, that can cause that can cause a lot of fatigue in your body. Okay. By accepting the rejection fatigue, but that's a good target because it doesn't point to any one particular person, but it certainly points to what they do to you.
1: Okay, so on one end, it can be just this exhaustion for or the fatigue or uh, the rejection fatigue. Oh, I'm tired of being this. I'm tired of not having this. Tired of not getting that. And then on the other end, yeah. I'm controlling. I'm trying to make something happen. I'm trying to force things. I'm trying to force people to be a certain way. That's exhausting, too. Um, oh, it,
2: absolutely. That control factor is usually another expression of exhaustion.
1: Yeah. 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 It sounds miserable. Yeah. but And so from that place, you're saying just step back.
2: Breathe, oh, right? Yeah, step back and breathe. Yeah. Breathe. When you're taking the oxygen in, there's going to be a change in your body. The, the most amazing thing that happens when you actually take the breath in. you know, when we go surfing in Hawaii, uh, it's, it's a custom for local guys like me who actually sit on the ocean, on the sand, just before you get in the wave. we'll stay about 10, 20 minutes and we'll just steer into the water, find the ocean path and start to breathe and breathe deeply. Because very shortly, we'll need an extra breath. So it's smart to start your body off with <laughs> enough oxygen to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it really makes you balance yourself when you're in dead water. Cause I'll tell you from the outside on the shore, it's pretty chaotic, but if you already have a breathing, uh, breathing capacity, it's not so bad out there. It really, really isn't. Okay. Uh, if you're feeling that you have a panic, that's because you're not breathing. Okay. So not breathing. That's my experience. Yeah. 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 That's my experience in America. One thing I learned when I came to the United States is when everybody goes to the theater, you'd be surprised how often the the, the movie will give you a shock and and you'll stop breathing. People just hold their (laughs) breath. And I see that a lot in America. I really do. I see that stop signs, I see it at sales, I see it on TV. Uh, It just doesn't function, it creates more of not enoughness.
1: Okay. So when you stop breathing, obviously you're not getting enough oxygen. You're not, <laughs> you're not feeding your body. It can't operate well. Uh, can't function yeah. and it can't get you into another brain. Uh, another, you know, kind of ability to access you, uh, the deeper parts of you, the higher parts of you that can make better decisions. How would you, so is, can, can the guy, if he, if he finds himself in this exhaustive state and he's breathing, can he access, how, how does he go from there to start to make different choices?
2: The first choice we try to suggest is when you get up in the morning, there's two requirements of life. Drink a big glass of water and take 30 breaths, literally. Just breathe deeply in your nose, out your mouth, 30 breaths. If you can do that for about a month, your life will totally change because you'll be able to create a frequency or an extra power to get out of the orbit that you're already in. What happens is through the day, you tend to find those same exhaustive points and still reinforce your ability not to feel enough by being exhausted. And those get thrown out as you keep prearranging breath available to yourself. You keep providing your system with an alternative pattern for the day i imagine really the guy is. that
1: i imagine the guy that's sitting out there and he's exhausted and he's tired and he's beating his head against the wall he's going to be like really i'm going to drink a glass of water and do 30 breaths in the morning but it's got to be more than yeah. that that's not going to be enough i could already hear him in the trap of that's yeah. not enough it's got to be more
2: <laughs> yeah and the reason why it's not enough is because everybody who looks for a way out of their own pressure right Never imagine that the simplest key is the one that works on the door. The simplest solution is always the most effective solution. Mm. Exhaustion is because there's not enough uh, food in the body, air or food. And and it's really got to be appreciated that the more breath you have in you in a consistent form, the less fear that's running in your body.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk to you about gratitude. You talk so much about gratitude. Okay. And 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 to me it's so hard to be pissed off and frustrated and <laughs> exhausted when I'm in a state of gratitude. So how do how does gratitude play into what we're talking about here?
2: Well, I want to be really really open and careful though cuz I have a lot of gratitude in a lot of ways, but Buffalo Bills is not something I'm grateful for because they've never won a game. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) But but there are things in your life that you can be grateful for. I want to get you to understand that in our culture, gratitude has direct relationship to receiving what we call grace or connection with your higher authority. And I want to explain how simple it can be. It sounds like a lot of spiritual power, but what we're just talking about, Tripp, have you ever imagined for a second that the person that you are now is the same person that you were when you were 10 years old?
1: I I feel that. I sense that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, And the closer that person who was 10 years old to you is, is the closer that you are to yourself. In other words, if you can really embrace the the will and faith that that 10-year-old person had for you, someone in the future that's going to be doing what you do now, wouldn't you have a deep appreciation and sense of gratitude for that 10-year-old? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So in our healing skills, we try to train you to think of the future you as bringing you the energy of support and love and gratitude to you. We're not going outside the whole full loop of who you are. That's really important to understand.
1: Okay. And so what you're saying is that we're not going to go outside of ourselves. Like, I'm grateful for this thing out there. I'm grateful for that thing out there. It's more of a, I'm grateful for who, what I already am and who I've always been. Is that what you're saying?
2: And who you will become because of who you are now.
1: Wow. And if I'm stuck in that I'm not enough thing, then I'm not grateful for who I am. I'm not grateful for who I have been. And I'm not, I'm not going to be grateful for who I will be because I'm not enough. And so,
2: actually, if you found yourself stuck in not enough, then basically who you are is trying to communicate to you fully that you need to breathe and drink water. You need <laughs> to get back to basics. Uh-huh. That's all that's happening. Okay. And once that's happening, you're the most empowered in the room because you're the only one that's listening to the power of drinking water and breathing Mm. air. Mm. Wow. It can be that simple, you know, because nobody else in this culture is making the priority, the basic foundational needs of their being, which is to appreciate all of themselves, separate from anybody else, and consider that graceful.
1: Help me. Why do you think you're on the outside? You, you've got a. You're, you're very familiar with American culture. You spend, you know, a big part of the year in the in the, uh, in the yeah. states, and then you also live in the islands. And so, why do you think that we, at least in America, we seem to make things so damn complex? Why why can't it? Why can't we get that it's as simple as you say it is?
2: The main reason we make things complex is because we have a tremendous amount of sales jobs. Our country is dynamically engaged in the movement of money. And it's only evidence of expansion is the only evidence we value. There seems to be a big misunderstanding that, oh, yeah, the economy is not being driven forward. Actually, what I see is a lot more happier people because the economy isn't driving them forward. Well, I just want to give an alternative idea. (laughs) (laughs) So they're
1: not so consumed with what the economy is doing. They're not letting that drive who they are and what they really care about. Is that what you're saying? Uh
2: Yeah, I mean, I talk with a lot of people from Europe and Asia who come through my office all all the time, and they're just amazed at the the affluenza, the 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 sickness of always needing more. That's driving our personal economy. Always wanting more. Mm. We want some more. We drove our mark drove our markets right out of this country into China. Mm. That's how much we wanted. So the, the the drive to run away from who we are and, and and put the priority of who we wanna be is always gonna get you not enough. Okay. If your mother's doing it, if your brother's doing it, you're gonna go there.
1: Here are the big takeaways from this talk. Number one. Harry Jim says, we've got to move from a mindset of entitlement to one of self-responsibility. Many of us have given up our power in return for some sense of safety in the future. We've said, okay, I'll do what I'm supposed to do in order to have a safe, predictable life. Which is going to be fine for many, many people, but my guess is if you're listening to this show, you're pretty tired of giving your balls to the world. Instead, we've got to sack up. We've got to own what we want and stop hoping that our friends and family and the rest of the world are going to give us permission to do it we will not find security from the outside world. It's up to ourselves to create that from within. And this requires that we stop numbing ourselves, that we stop avoiding ourselves, and we start paying full attention to what we're thinking, feeling, and wanting. Number two, much of our discontent comes from an inner belief that says we're not enough. One of the reasons we give up our personal power and responsibility is because we don't believe that we're good enough simply as we are. So instead of listening to what we're thinking, feeling, and wanting, we spend our time trying to prove that we are good enough. And we do this by dressing a certain way, having a certain career, living in a certain house, having a certain spouse and family, our hobbies, our interests, you name it. They're all there to prove that we're good enough. Now, if we're unconscious to this little voice that constantly says, we're not enough, then our entire life is used as evidence to prove that we are good enough. And you'll know if this is true for you, if you're feeling exhausted. This one sneaks up on me pretty often. Typically, when I find myself stressed out or frantically trying to change something, it's because I've lost touch with what I already have. I'm only focusing on what's missing. I've lost my appreciation for who I am and what I've got. I don't trust that life can be simple and manageable and enjoyable. In that mind space, I can't believe that I can just let go and focus on what really matters. But when I do, I'm really relieved. Number three, being in this not enough state of mind is a trance and we surround ourselves with people and stories to keep us stuck there. Harry talks about cherished wounds. These wounds are from our past that we don't want to heal because they keep us close to what we know. The problem is they keep us comfortable but not happy. They rob us of our self-esteem. The example of the guy who keeps dating or marrying the same type of girl is a great one. She treats him like crap, cheats on him, wrecks his car, whatever. And then he goes out looking for the same type of gal again and again. He's in a trance. He's in a trance that's based on a belief that he's not good enough for anything better. So look around. What cherished wounds are you holding on to? What stories or beliefs keep you from having to make a change in your life? And how does playing the powerless victim keep you safe? Number 4. Harry says we're either navigating or negotiating our way through life. Let me explain. Negotiating our lives means you're looking outside yourself for what to do. You're depending on others for direction to make a decision for you. Competition or comparison is a means to feel better or worse about yourself. And this is the path of exhaustion navigating our lives means you're taking full responsibility you're brutally honest with yourself you know what you value you know what's important navigating your life means living with integrity instead of a false sense of duty your actions are aligned with your values and as Harry said you're off duty to everyone else's opinions number five when you realize that everything you need is already present then there's no more exhaustion Many of us are striving, we're chasing, and we're scraping our way to constantly grow and expand and have more, 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 more. But the problem is, we've forgotten to appreciate everything that is already here. We've forgotten that we most likely already have what we truly need. The degree to which you are exhausted is the degree to which you are feeling a sense of lack or, you guessed it, not enough. Challenge what you're chasing. Sure, you may want it, but do you really, truly need it? If not, be willing to let it go. Exhaustion is also tied to rejection fatigue. And this happens when we are constantly told that we're not good enough through our relationships, work, or the world at large. This happens when we've given away our power. We're trying to get what we need from the outside world instead of taking full responsibility for our own wants and needs. Number six, gratitude. It's big. It's so big. Think about this. What we really want in this life, to feel lit up to feel loved, to feel free, to feel a sense of peace. We can't feel that way if we're bitching and complaining, period. We can only have those amazing experiences when we're appreciating what we have right now, the people in our lives, the opportunities we have, the experiences we have, and the things we have. If all we focus on is what's missing, then we'll never be happy if or when that special thing arrives. In order to stay out of this trap, we've got to practice daily, daily practice our appreciation for all that we do have. Number seven. Harry's recommendations are simple, maybe too simple for most, but they remind us to come back to what is essential, air and water. We've discussed this before in The New Man, and we go to it in length in The New Manual. We've got to take care of our body first. Many of us are feeling exhausted and depleted, and with our head planted firmly up our ass, we've decided that once we've done good enough, whatever the hell that means, then we'll give ourselves what we need. Flip it. Your success is a product of doing what strengthens you. Breathing, drinking water, eating good food, exercising, laughing, gratitude, all of these put gas back in the tank. So why would you put yourself at a disadvantage and wait to fuel yourself? It's insane, right? Well, here's what I think. I believe it's because we don't think we're good enough. If you value yourself, if you believe you deserve it, you'll stop negotiating well, once I get this, then I can do that. It's bullshit. If you believe you're good enough, you create the time and the space you need. You do the things that fuel you first so you can show up as a better man, son, husband, father, student, surfer, bus driver, dog catcher, whatever. Be a contributor to the world. Show up with a full tank and you'll truly have something to give. Man, it's going to take me a long time to kind of wrap my head around some of the things we talked about today.
2: I am <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. It's all good stuff. They found the fact they really do. Yeah. They really reshape what you think is foundation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is big stuff. Thank, thank you. you
2: for listening, Greg. <laughs> Absolutely. Well,
1: thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing. You know, I love just the simple practice of drinking a big glass of water and doing those 30 big breaths every morning, getting that going. That sounds like a challenge that's easy enough for anybody to do. Uh, and I love that. Easy um,
2: enough, and it will be challenging occasionally, but it's really worth the try. It really, you'll see actually things in your day shift. Like you won't be so hungry midday. You won't want to go for that extra snacks. You'll be full with water and air. I mean, I know it sounds too basic to be real, but i got to tell you, half the medications I see that are prescribed is because people don't have enough air and water in them.
1: And it's all surrounds us everywhere, but we're not getting enough of it.
2: We're not getting enough of it because there's no price tag to it.
1: (laughs) There's no money to be made on it, so uh, there's no
2: money to be so (laughs) nobody selling it. I love it. Yeah, that's too true. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a real
1: good one. Wait till they start bottling air for us. You know, like oh, Fiji. Uh, this this uh, air is from Fiji. How they
2: try. Yeah, I've been to those air bars. Air. air they, they got those air bars over there in Las Vegas. You know, I don't see too many people on them, but I see them. Yeah,
1: I saw. You know, when I lived in Boulder, they had them there too. So yeah, they, they were trying to sell us air too. But uh, all right, my yeah. man.
2: <laughs> Okay, okay, thank you.
1: Harry, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Love to have you back sometime. Uh, Where do we find out more about you and the workshops and all the things that you offer? Is there a website? Uh, Pretty
2: much uh, so. YCVSofAloha.com or com. Yeah, and I'm also on Facebook, that, uh, harryjim.com, that all works.
1: Okay, all right, and we'll make sure that we've got the, your links up on thenewmanpodcast.com yeah. as well. So I'm sure it'll work. Yeah. All right, aloha, my friend, thank you so much for coming to talk today.
2: Thank you, I had a lot of fun, aloha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews, so visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.